This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. February is the time of year when we reach out to our loved ones with expressions of endearment from the heart. In today's message, we'll talk about the heart and what it means to our well-being, even when it's broken. Stay with us for our message entitled, A New Heart. heart is essential to our physical, emotional, and spiritual lives. God has to give us new hearts so that we are able to love as God loves us. The journey of life can be disappointing. Our hearts can get broken. We can become cynical. But God can make us new. And in the love of Jesus, God can give us a new heart. Let's pray together. Lord God, stir within us hope that you will live within us in such a way that we will be able to love others always as you have loved us. Cleanse our hearts and make us new again this day. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our scripture today is from Ezekiel chapter 36. For the sake of my holy name, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give to you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers. So you will be my people, and I will be your God. And I will save you from all your uncleanness. In physical life, emotional life, relational life, and spiritual life, the heart is absolutely essential. February is often spoken of as the month of love. Because of Valentine's Day, we emphasize love between men and women in a romantic sense. But it's a good month for us to remember all expressions of love, matters of the heart, You remember in 1 John 4, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The heart is essential to the expression of love in human life. There's a musical that sang... You gotta have heart, miles and miles and miles of heart. It's physically critical, pumping blood in our 
circulation systems. Our heart is vital to good health, to strength of energy, to stamina. No wonder the Bible uses the term cardia over a thousand times, which is translated heart. The heart is our emotional center, ranging from joy to sorrow, a turmoil and inner storm to peace, feeling troubled inside or rejoicing, being filled with love or consumed with selfish ambition and lust. We might be filled with fear or have a deep trust of the heart. We might be full of pride or humility. We might be discouraged to lose heart or encouraged to take heart. People speak of the heart as the seat of our desire. The source of our passions might be envy or lust. Or if that passion is directed to the one who gave us life, to God, people would say, I seek the Lord my God with all my heart. How's your heart today? The heart is a place of understanding, wisdom, and insight. It's also spoken of as our moral center. When Peter, on Pentecost Day, preached as it was recorded in the book of Acts, and he talked about how the sinfulness of humanity has caused the death of Jesus, the Son of God, on the cross. It says that they were cut to the heart. They had a conviction of their responsibility, their sinfulness. And they said to Peter, what should we do? And he said, repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The heart is important to our relationship with God. Jesus once said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. As I prepared to share this message, I read an article by Mark DeJesus, who wrote, Eight Signs You Have a Broken Heart. The first he listed was, Someone has an untrusting approach to relationships. All too often, we can have promises made that are violated. Somebody might abandon us. And as a result of people's lies and deception, we have difficulty trusting in relationships. Another sign that we might have a broken heart is that we have unrelenting struggles with fear and anxiety and worry. We're just paralyzed by those fears because we've been hurt too often in the past. The third sign that your heart is broken is that you have a hard time processing love, either in the giving of love or the receiving of love from someone when it's offered to you. Again, almost as a way to protect our emotional vulnerability, we shut off the spigot of our love, and we don't give it, but we don't allow it to penetrate our inner soul either. Another sign that our heart might be broken is if we react in a volatile way, especially if we react to life with a dominant feeling of anger. It's like we've been hurt so often, disillusioned so often, that that's our immediate response. 
The fifth thing that Jesus said is, you have a broken heart if your body begins to break down. He quotes Proverbs 17:22, A merry heart does good like medicine for the soul, but a broken heart dries up the bones. Have you ever met someone who was seemingly healthy in every way, except for the fact that they've been through some emotional trauma, and as a result, their comprehensive physical health was suffering? Often our hearts are broken when we are stuck in patterns of life which are dysfunctional. We may even within ourselves find those patterns of behavior undesirable, and we know them to be unhealthy, and yet we still continue to do those same old stupid things. Maybe it's because our heart is broken. Or we become robotic, very mechanical in our approach to life. We go through the motions. And the eighth sign that you may have a broken heart is that you're human. And a broken heart is a universal part of life experience. We live in a broken world with broken, imperfect people. And it's only a matter of time before somebody crushes our heart. So in matters of the heart, we need God to heal us. Only he can do it. In another place in the scriptures, it says that we have sick hearts. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? In AA recovery circles, they speak of this weak vulnerability of the soul as an illness that is cunning, baffling, and deceitful. I have a sick heart. Luther called it the bondage of the will. And there's an old gospel hymn that says we have a sin-sick soul that only Jesus can heal. We have dirty hearts, patterns of behavior that we've repeated over and over again where we've drug our hearts through the figurative mud. We need to be cleansed. You know, this time of year in the upper Midwest of the United States, we have frigid temperatures so that our cars and trucks not only become dirty, but then the dirt is caked on and frozen to the metal. The only way we can get it off is by a high-powered car wash so that the warm, soapy water under high pressure can cut through not only the ice, but the dirt to have a deep cleaning down to the very metal paint. That's what I need in my spirit, in my heart, my soul. That's why the promise in 1 John 1 is so beautiful when it says if we say we have no sin, we're only deceiving ourselves. The truth isn't in us. But if we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to come before God in the name of Jesus, our Savior, and confess the specific sins that we have done wrong, that have violated God, hurt others, and caused our hearts to become dirty. 
And no wonder David, after his indiscretion with Bathsheba, using his power as king, then ending the life of Bathsheba's husband to cover up her pregnancy, said this to God in Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We need Jesus to heal our sin-sick hearts. We need Jesus to wash our dirty hearts. Our hearts also become hearts of stone, hard hearts. We become cold and cynical, lacking in compassion, ambivalent and indifferent, detached and aloof from people we no longer love. We've lost the capacity to truly love like God who gave us life wants us to love others. The only solution is for God to do a heart transplant. That's what it talks about in the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament, verse 26, where it says, God promises, I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart, not like the heart of stone. I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put a new spirit within you and you will be mine and I'll save you from your uncleanness. It's a number of years ago, but there was a blockbuster movie that hit the theaters starring Denzel Washington. The plot line depicted Denzel Washington's son in a very difficult illness. He had a bad heart, and he was going to die unless he got a transplant very quickly. Well, the father and mother were beside themselves for their boy. They didn't want to lose their son, whom they loved so much, who was such a good boy. They decided to go drastic. And the character of Denzel Washington takes over the hospital and holds the whole hospital staff, including the heart surgeons, hostage, demanding that they find a new heart for his son. Well, that's easier said than done. And time is running out. And so Denzel Washington decides he's going to give his own heart to his son that his son might live. Well, the heart doctor said, no, that's not ethical. You can't do that. He said, well, you can't stop me. I'm going to give him my heart. And as a result, he goes in then to talk to his son before this surgery is going to take place, thinking that he's going to sacrifice his life in order that his son would have a heart. He goes in to talk to his son, and he says, when he talks to him, Hi, son, how you doing? And his son says, Dad, did they find me a heart yet? Tears start streaming down Washington's face as he says, Yes, son, they found you a heart. You're going to live. And then he has the type of heart-to-heart -heart conversation you can imagine a father would have with his son if he thinks he's never going to talk to him again. He tells him to tell his mother he loves him every day. He tells him to treat girls like princesses because that's what they are. He tells him to stay away from the bad stuff and to be a good man and to always remember, and then he taps his own chest, to always remember that he, his father, would be right there in his heart. 
Well, the boy gets a heart, and his life is sustained, and the father lives too. But that story is the story of the gospel in the scriptures, that the Father in heaven, who is the source of our life, loves us so much, even though we are imperfect sinners, that he is willing to sacrifice his own son. He would give the son, Jesus, to us, and that Jesus would die on the cross, and that Jesus would give to us his heart and forgive our sin, and plant his heart and his spirit within us, so that we might have life in Jesus' name, and that we might have eternal life because of Jesus Christ. I owe God, my Heavenly Father, my life. I'm grateful with all the passion within me for the love that God has shown me for the willingness of Jesus to die in my place, to forgive my sins, and by his Holy Spirit to come to live within my heart. Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, was passionate in his loyalty. Even if everyone denied you, Jesus, I will die for you. Yet we know that before the day was over, Peter denied Jesus three times. He denied knowing him. He wimped out. He was disloyal. He was unfaithful. How do you think Peter felt when Jesus went to the cross? How do you think Peter felt? Then he ran to the tomb knowing that Jesus was alive again. And then Peter, not knowing what to do, went back to fishing. He went back to the life he lived before he met Jesus. And Jesus comes to find him. And he does a miracle again of fish being caught. And Peter knows it's the Lord. And Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. A second time he asked, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. A third time, Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him a third time. He said, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Well, our love for Jesus, even after he gives us a new heart, is a lot like Peter's. Our love, our capacity for loyalty is not perfect, but our faith trusts the faithfulness of Jesus Christ who promises that we belong to him, that he forgives our sins, and that his Holy Spirit lives within us. I praise God that by the power of the Spirit, Jesus Christ makes his home in the heart of every believer that confesses the name of Jesus. May Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, live within your heart today and always. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, unless you create a new heart within us, we do not have the ability to love the way you desire, nor do we have the capacity to trust you as we should. We need you to make us new. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross to die for our sins. Thank you that you were raised from the dead, and as the great physician of our souls, you are willing to put a new heart within us, your heart, beating as one with God our Father. 
Thank you for these promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Hear this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. You have been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's gospel message has encouraged you to receive a new heart from God where Jesus Christ can make his home today and always. A number of devoted Christian Crusaders listeners have chosen to include this ministry in their estate planning. Estate gifts have become a significant part of our ministry, and we are grateful to all those who have chosen to make a final gift to support our mission. In this way, these donors leave a legacy of faith in Christ that extends far beyond their time on earth. To find out more about including Christian Crusaders in your estate planning, call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Please direct all gifts to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. Christian Crusaders publishes a quarterly newsletter called The Crusader. Each issue is centered around the theme of spiritual concern. If you would like to receive this free-of-charge publication, simply drop us an email at cc.naz.org. You can always call us toll-free at 1-800-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. Our mailing address is Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa 50613. We are happy you chose to worship with us today and pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting today's service was the Reverend Lee Lavig, pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Spencer, Iowa, and associate speaker on Christian Crusaders. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting biblical truth continuously since 1936.